This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, Episode 18, Silence the Inner Critic. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Hello, welcome to episode 18, where we're going to talk about negative self-talk and your inner critic. Maybe not something you've thought about much before, but it's actually very important in our health and healing, and it's one of the ways that we can rewire our brain. Not by doing negative self-talk, by eliminating negative self-talk, in case that wasn't clear. But first, I'm going to ask you, if you haven't already subscribed or left a review and you've been enjoying this podcast, then please remember to take a moment. It would mean a lot to me. And it helps this podcast be found by more people, which is always good. I think this is stuff that everybody needs to know. And this episode about the negative words we say and think is really no exception. Now remember, one of the functions of the brain is to produce thoughts, and it does. It produces 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. So we think an average of 300 to 1,000 words per minute. Now, you may not think that you are really thinking that much. Maybe you're not aware of having all of those words going through your head all of the time. And it's because 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. So that means below our registration of our consciousness, what we're actually aware that we're thinking, we have these programs that are basically just running in the background. If you think about our brain like a computer, And when we're born, we already have some programming, you know, we have some stuff in our DNA that um, keeps us breathing and our food digesting and ways that we seek for survival. And then as children, as we grow up, we watch everything around us and we form more programs. You probably know if you've interacted with kids that they are great at mimicking things that other people do and things that other people say. And we start to form programs of how the world makes sense and how we should react in certain situations and definitely how we don't want to react if we um, have feelings we don't want to feel. Now, since our brain is so efficient, a lot of these programs just become our subconscious. So remember that 95% of the thoughts that we think are subconscious. And so that just means that we have some programs that run so that we don't have to be constantly thinking about those things. Like if we had to get up and learn to walk every single day, imagine how much of our time that would consume. We could never get anything else done, right? So we want to have all of these programs. It keeps our brain efficient, but we also need to recognize that some of these patterns are not actually serving us. I think of the coping skills that a child in elementary school might use, and maybe they're not the types of decisions that we would want to be making as adults. But the problem is a lot of us don't realize that we're being run by these programs we developed when we were children. And so mindfulness and bringing awareness to all of our thoughts is really the first step in all of this. 
Now remember, these programs are formed based on interpretations of what works and doesn't work from our memories. And we definitely tend to remember things that are more emotionally charged and not things that are neutral. So we may have had someone tell us that we did a good job several times, but we don't usually remember those types of things if it didn't cause a huge emotional shift from where we already were. But if we have a teacher say something like, that was really stupid of you, and the whole class turned around and left, then we would definitely remember an experience like that because of the emotional charge. Our brains are wired to keep us safe. We don't want to experience a lot of difficult emotions if we don't have to. We don't want to experience physical or emotional pain. And we develop a negativity bias, which our brain thinks is keeping us safe. We develop a lot of negative self-talk. Thinking or saying something like, I'm not good at this, might keep us from trying something that's dangerous and where we could actually get hurt. But usually our inner voice sounds more like a critical parent or a teacher or friend from your past. Remember those things that might have been said to us as a child. And each time that we repeat them in our head, it actually strengthens those neural pathways. So if we were mortified by an incident at school and we kept thinking about it over and over, we would start to believe that we really are stupid. It becomes a way that we see ourselves. One kind of negative self-talk is called limited thinking, where you tell yourself that you can't do something, or I'll never be enough, or I'm not lovable. Another form of negative self-talk is perfectionism. It's where you never really accept yourself. You think you should always do better or be better. You compare yourself to other people. And when you do achieve something, you tend to downplay it, like, well, I should have done that faster, or I could have done it better. But as I talk about in the episode about perfectionism, people pleasing in your health, perfectionism is actually not helping us be better people and beating ourselves up about the things we don't achieve does not make us more likely to achieve them and it has some serious health consequences. Negative self-talk has been linked to mental health problems, decreased motivation, feelings of helplessness and depression, as well as chronic stress. And neuroscience has shown that people who think more positively have more neurons and neural networks on the left prefrontal cortex. And that's the area of the brain devoted for solving problems, looking for alternatives, or looking for new solutions. People who think more negatively have more neurons and neural activation in the right prefrontal cortex, which is the area that makes you stop, hold back, or get afraid and not take any action. But we can change these programs, and as always, the first step is awareness. Shad Helmstetter wrote The Power of Neuroplasticity, And he said, every single message we get from the moment we're born throughout our lives are recorded by our brain. And every message that's repeated is actually wired into the brain. We're actually rewiring our brain all the time. 
And neuroplasticity does mean that our brain is constantly rewiring and has the capacity to change. Our brain is wired to act on the programs that are the strongest. And the thoughts that we repeat over and over again and practice become very easy for us to repeat. Up to 77% or more of what we think is negative or harmful or can work against us. It's hard, even impossible, to monitor all of our thoughts because, as I've said a couple times already, I'm pretty sure, um, 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. So, especially you perfectionists, don't aim for trying to monitor all of your thoughts. I think the first way to start working on decreasing your inner critic and your negative self-talk is to stop talking about yourself out loud in negative ways. This is a little easier to monitor because it's a little harder to go on autopilot when you actually hear words coming out of your mouth and start to just notice what goes on. Now, when I first started this, I noticed that I would actually use negative self-talk, um, self-deprecating humor, and I thought it kind of made me more relatable and more human and almost kind of cute to say like, oh, I'm such a wreck today, or my brain's just not working right, you know, if I made a mistake at work, or oh, that was so stupid of me. But even as a joke, I was saying those words and I was thinking those thoughts and I was training my brain to think that way about myself and actually look for evidence of that happening in the future. One time, my son was about four or five and he heard me say something like, oh my gosh, that was so stupid when I had done something. And he said, you're like Aunt Matilda, right? Now I changed the name just in case you were wondering. And I thought, why would he say that? So I asked him what he was talking about. And he said, yeah, Aunt Matilda says she gets stupider every day. And as I thought about her, I did remember how often I'd heard her say things about how stupid she was or the stupid mistakes she made. So just like little kids around us hear us saying that and start believing that about us, our brain starts believing that about ourselves too and just reinforces that wiring every time we say or think it. So notice the times that you make jokes at your own expense, when you criticize yourself in front of people, maybe when you apologize excessively for things that you don't need to apologize for. And then, of course, notice when you are saying things out loud about yourself that are negative and make an effort to stop, even if you get part of the way through the sentence. I got to the point where sometimes I would even start laughing a little bit because I would think, okay, I don't really believe this. I know that's not true, but it'll keep coming up and don't be surprised because this is the habit that you've formed. I like the analogy when we're talking about rewiring our brain that you already have a big, huge tree that is formed and it's taken many years to develop and you've given it lots of your energy. And now we're going to start trying to grow a new plant and we need to 
be patient as that grows and we have to give it the love and attention that we were giving that other tree. We have to shift our focus and we have to keep reshifting our focus because that other tree is already so big and so strong. Be curious with yourself, be patient with yourself and be compassionate about your changes that you're making. It's not easy. If it was, then everyone would be doing it. But it's like we have these wild horses just running all around, causing a bunch of chaos in our brain. And by doing this work and increasing our mindfulness, we're able to tame these wild horses and actually use their power for good. As you start to become more mindful, you'll probably start noticing when people are talking negatively about themselves a little bit more and you'll see how common it is. And it actually kind of breaks my heart sometimes because... Most of the time, the thing they're referring to as negative is just pretty neutral. It's just something that humans do. We make mistakes. We mess up with our speech or we stumble over things sometimes. It doesn't mean that we're losers or clumsy or hopeless. Another thing I want you to stop talking about out loud is your pain. Now, some of you are probably saying, wait, what? I have to talk about my pain. It's real. It's a part of my life that consumes me. You want me to just act like I'm fine? You don't know how bad my pain is. If you find yourself having some defensive thoughts right now about this, just know that it's not because I think that your pain isn't valid. I'm not trying to invalidate you or say that you should just toughen up and just act like things are fine when they're not. But we know from neuroplasticity that we strengthen the patterns that we practice over and over. We know, especially with chronic pain, that a lot of the pain sensation that is felt is created by the brain in a top-down kind of activation. And that the more people dwell on their pain, think about their pain, talk about their pain, look for examples of their pain, then they actually strengthen those neural pathways. They recruit larger areas of the brain that become devoted and focused to sensing and producing pain. The key to success is repetition, but the key to failure is also repetition. So talk about your pain out loud as little as possible. This may be difficult. If you've had pain for many years, it might have kind of become an identity. So if people see you or talk to you, they will likely ask about your pain. Try not to make that the focus of what you talk about with people. And as well, try to not use labels for your pain. So if you have a diagnosis like migraines or a bulging disc or ulcers in your stomach, those are not things that you can feel. Those are labels. So try not to say something like, oh, I have such a bad migraine today, but try to describe it as if you were talking to an alien that doesn't know what the symptom means. So you could say, I have a burning behind my right eye. I have a stabbing pain in the base of my skull. I have a tightness in my back, or I have a piercing in my stomach. You can't feel a herniated disc. That is just a label that someone told you that you have related to the pain that you have in that area, and you have associated the pain that you have in your back with that. 
we know from MRI studies that there's not a direct correlation between a herniated disc and the amount of pain that someone would feel. Some people don't even know that they have structural abnormalities in their back, and they didn't realize this until they started doing MRIs on healthy people. And we're starting to realize now that these degenerative changes don't necessarily mean we will have pain. In fact, even the word degenerative changes, how's this ominous sound? Dr. Tim Flynn, who I've mentioned before, coined the term wrinkles on the inside. So think of what's happening to the the body as just part of the normal aging process. We don't necessarily have pain from structural changes in our body. Another thing I hear a lot is when people forget things and say, oh, I have ADD or I have brain fog. Try to not use these labels. So instead of reinforcing and rewiring the brain to talk about negative things or to reinforce our pain, we can start to edit when we are talking and not saying these things out loud so that we eventually will be producing less emotional and negative pain. Just remember that every thought you think and everything you say is going to be programming your brain. So just start to notice without judging when this happens. Resist the urge to beat yourself up over beating yourself up. Think of it as learning a new language. Your brain will take time as it rewires, but the more you practice, you can change the language of your brain. Now, what if you do something that you're not super proud of? Does it mean you have to say, that was great, yay, good for me? No, we're not saying that you have to totally think the opposite. Lots of times our brain wants to go to the extreme examples, right? Like if we're not super negative, then it means that we have to be excited and happy when we made a mistake. We think if we're not super negative, then we'll never hold ourselves to higher standards and expect more from ourselves. But I'm not saying that you have to be happy if you yelled at your kids or excited if you dropped your phone and cracked your screen. Just practice saying something more neutral, like, oh, I am a human just like everyone else, or, oh, wow, I learned not to do that again, or that's not like me, I'm better than that. Do you see how that last one still could encourage you to be a better person, but in a less negative way? So remember, your thoughts are powerful. Your words are powerful. You're constantly reprogramming your brain. So start increasing your awareness by editing what you say. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.